Welcome to Fast Fiction. Tea with Mrs. Bradley. Number 13, Violet Lane, is a charming cottage, admittedly needing a little TLC with a slightly overgrown garden. There is no one at home. But wait, a car is drawing up and two people are getting out. An elderly woman is being helped by a young man. Both are dressed in black. Thank you so much, Michael. I don't know what I would have done without you all these years. Do come in, dear. Yes, just for a little while, I insist. I want to give you something. I can only really stay for a few minutes. I've um, I've got a lunch date. Ah, yes, the beautiful young Molly. Or or is it Polly? It's, It's Dolly, actually. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> of course. Yes, she looks like a dolly. And when are you both going to tie the knot? Or are you going to continue living in sin? I don't suppose you young folk worry about bringing up bastards anymore. Or what we would have called the wrong side of the blanket. Pity. I would have loved to see you walking your dolly down the aisles. Well, I assure you, if and when, Mrs B, you'll be the first guest invited. I thought it was a lovely service today. The flowers were beautiful, and the casket, you really, really did Ida proud, Miss B. And the Reverend Bolton preached a fine sermon, don't you think? I don't know, dear. I fell asleep just after the opening eulogy. Oh, Mrs Bradley, surely not. After all, Ida had been your friend and companion for ten years, hadn't she? Reverend Bolton said some lovely things. And I don't think he knew her personally. I felt so sure he had come to you for confirmation. Oh, oh, he did. But I couldn't think of anything nice to say about her, so I sent him to the CWA. There's plenty of women there who just love the opportunity to put their ten cents in to the common pool of gossip. But it is clever, isn't it, how the clergy can say such nice things about dead people they've never met or know anything about. Mrs Bradley, that's wicked. But I'll forgive you as you must be really upset. And by the way, that's a lovely hat you've got. Very becoming. Is it new, or...? No, no, it's far from new. But it is lovely, isn't it? I expect it's considered old-fashioned now. Not really appropriate for an old lady. In fact, I saw most of the congregation give me a good stare, and I feel it wasn't for compassion. More like curiosity, or criticism. But... Look, I especially wanted to wear it today. You know, it's the going away hat I wore when I married Charlie. It's our anniversary today. 65 years. Oh, wow. Well, that would have been a mighty achievement if if he had lived. 55 years was an achievement. He died much too early. You see the photo on the chiffonier in the gold frame? The one over there? Well, that's our wedding day oh, photo. Oh, yeah. I see. This one here. Well, actually, the photo's very small. Oh, it's... yes. They all were in those days. Black and white and small. You had to rely on your memory a good deal. I can't even remember the colour of my frock back then. It certainly wasn't white. Oh, but, you know, we can reprocess them. There's this computer program that can enhance the size, even bring back the colour. All you need is one basic colour to set the tone. If, if you just let me borrow the hat some time, I'm sure I can. Thank you, dear. But I don't need any enhancing or reprogramming. My days for all that are over. 
Now, I'll just put the jug on oh, oh, tea. No, no, I really can't. I haven't, I haven't the time. Oh, it won't take a moment. Everything is ready. Now, I want you to go out into the garden for me and pick a lovely bunch of roses. Oh, In fact, make it two. One for your dolly and one for me. In that vase just there, I would like all the pink ones. They were the colour of my bouquet. Now, here are the scissors. I'll make the tea. All right, well... Just a quick one. Still wearing her hat and gloves, Mrs. Bradley goes into the kitchen, which is quite a shock. Unlike the cosy tidiness of the charming lounge, the kitchen is a mess. Dirty crockery is stacked everywhere. The garbage bin is overflowing and wine bottles are stacked by the back door. Is this enough? I picked the best blooms. Lovely, yes. I'll have the ones in full bloom. Yes, put them in the vase over here. I've made the tea, though I'm afraid with Ida gone there won't be anything nice to eat. She did have some uses. I didn't see Shakespeare out in the garden. And I see his kennel's been moved. Where is it? Is it around the side now, or...? No, no, I had to have him put down. Well, he kept piddling on the floor. And with Ida gone, there was no one to clean up after him. Oh. Well, he wasn't very old, was he? What's age got to do with it? I'm old and I don't keep piddling on the floor. No, he got an infection, I think. But you can get kidney pills for that sort of thing. I just took my dog to the vet only last week and it fixed it up in like a day or two. Oh, you poor thing. That Losing Shakespeare and Ida at the same time. Well, for sure, Ida didn't piddle either, but she was very annoying at times. All that chatter and singing. That was just because she was happy, Mrs Bradley. What about Nell Gwynn? I can't see her either. No, dear, I had her put down two weeks later. She kept on coughing up fur balls. I should have had it down at the same time. The vet would probably have given me a special prize for the two. But what was wrong with her? She was quite young as well, wasn't she? Not really. Charlie and I bought her as a kitten the day he came home from hospital for the last time, when we knew the illness was terminal. She was good company for him, lived up to her name and spent most of her life in bed with Charlie. <laughs> then, when he was gone, she transferred her affections to Shakespeare. But when he was gone, she simply pined for him and, and wouldn't eat by the window all day. Oh, I guess she was lonely. Well, perhaps she could think about getting another dog. What for? Nell Gwynn? What a silly idea. Then when she gets sick, I have to get another dog because the new one is lonely. Goodness, it would go on and on. Very tiresome. And no either to house train them on the way. No, no much better to let them both go to that lovely big kennel in the sky. But... Enough of dogs. Now I want you to sit down there and pour the tea. Just put the tray down there beside the photograph album, Michael. I want to show you the photos in here. I don't think you've seen them before. There's even a few of your christening. Look, look, this one here. You didn't have a hair on your head. And see, you howled all the way through the service. And before that, there are photos of your mother when, when we worked together in the hospital. Oh, no. Oh, no, I haven't seen the album. Oh, look, that's you and mother in uniform. Oh, wow, you both look so... Young. <laughs> and pretty. Oh, oh, look, and there you are at the beach. 
Yes, we were very daring in our two-piece costumes. Yet there isn't a boob or a bottom or a wobbly bit to be seen. Much nicer back then. Do you miss those times? I miss lots of things, dear, but mostly Charlie. Now pour the tea, will you, Michael? Of course. Oh, you've filled one of the cups. I thought you said you always took it black, like me. Yes, I've never been fond of the stuff. But it's supposed to be full of calcium. Good for my bones and my teeth. Now, I want you to have all these albums. Give them to your mother. There's even a few of oh, you as a uh, baby. No, look, I couldn't take them. Unless unless you mean for me to have them all reprocessed. Then I could put them on like a PowerPoint or something. They must be precious to you. Yes. Yes, they were precious. But I only need one. The one on the chiffonier with Charlie. I won't need any more where I'm going. I'll get it. It's Reverend Bolton. Well, don't let him in. He wasn't invited. Don't worry, dear lady, I won't stay long. Sorry to trouble you, Mrs. Bradley, but I just felt I had to come. I think you made a mistake with the collection box. You put in rather a lot of money. No, that's fine, Reverend. I wanted to give a good donation to the church. That's where Charlie and I got married, you know. In fact, I think it was your grandfather married us. Now he gave lovely sermons. Yes, it's lovely to keep the continuity going. I hope you were happy with the service for Ida. Oh, I'm sure it was fine. I actually felt... Mrs Bradley felt it was very appropriate, Reverend. Thank you. Well, if you're sure the money is in order, as it's such a large sum, I'll make out a receipt and pop it around later. Yes, make it much later, though, won't you? In fact, tomorrow. Yes, yes, of course. Well, goodbye, and thank you again. Goodbye. Mrs Bradley, are you alright? You sound so sombre. Are you ill? Dear me, I'm as fit as a fiddle. Well, apart from my arthritic knee. But, you see, Michael, I've got nothing to live for now. And I do miss Charlie, so... And, well, it's expensive to keep the cottage nice. Well, you shouldn't have given all that money to the church. And the garden. Charlie was so proud of it. And it's such a mess now. None of the roses are doing so well. No, no, no. It's time for me to go. Go? I'm sorry, go? Where? Oh, Mrs Bradley, you're just feeling a little depressed. It's natural, you know. I mean, I get it. After all, Ida was your companion, your best friend. And now that she's gone, it's only natural you feel lonely. Best friend? Don't be silly. I couldn't stand the woman. That's why I got rid of her. Got rid of her? I'm sorry, I don't understand. Well, that's why I pushed her. Well, it was only a little push at first. What? Mrs Bradley, Eugene, dear. Poor Ida slipped on the stairs and broke her neck. Now, you can't go blaming yourself for an accident like that. After all, she was nearly 80, and I'd expect her eyesight was going. Rubbish. She had eyesight like a cat, and she was as agile as a monkey, and as cunning as a fox when she wanted to be, and as shrewd as a shrew. She didn't fall. I pushed her, and it took some doing too, I can tell you. She hung onto those stairs as if her life depended on it, which of course it did, but I got the better of her. 
She was only half my size. Real little weed. But why? I've just told you, Michael, I didn't like her. Apart from her being annoying, she was aggravating, a parsimonious old gossip. But you can't just go around killing off people you don't like. Well, I did. That's why I got rid of that nurse from Blue Care. The one who looked after Charlie at the end. I'm sure he would have lived far longer without her intimidations. And she insisted on staying on when I had pneumonia. She was a real bossy boot, kept telling me to take that revolting medicine. Stood over me at times singing that silly song. Take a spoonful of sugar when the medicine goes down. Stupid song and stupid show. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang, I think it was called. Quite appropriate title. But, but your nurse, Nurse Roland, she she didn't fall. She died from... She, she died from food poisoning, didn't she? Well, not exactly, no. Well... Well, maybe. I had to force that blooming sugar down her, too, just to be on the safe side. She kept clenching her teeth to avoid it because of her diabetes. But I got it into her in the end, and it was more than a spoonful, I can tell you. No, I, I don't believe you, any more than about Ida. I, I really can't believe you'd kill her just out of spite. Of course not. She was an unhappy woman with no friends or family. She said herself she had a miserable life. I'm sure she was glad to go. Like Ida. That's why it was a mercy killing with Ida. A mercy killing? I don't understand that either. It's quite simple, dear. Ida was old, and we both agreed she wasn't very bright in the head. In fact, without me, she was useless. I put up with the silly old woman for nearly ten years, and I think that's quite enough. Well, well all right. Why did you put up with her? It's your house. You invited her to live with you, but you could have asked her to leave at any time. She was simple, sure, but not incapable. Surely she could look after herself, right? Not really. And yes, I could have asked her to leave. But she was a good cook, and I hate cooking. And she liked doing all those tiresome chores around the house, so she was perfectly happy scrubbing, ironing, that sort of thing. Anyway... She didn't have anywhere else to go. It worked quite well, really. But why kill her now? I would have thought it perfectly obvious. I didn't like to think of her living here in Charlie and my home, using our things, maybe even sleeping in our bed. I, I just didn't want her here after I've gone. Gone? But you said yourself that there's nothing wrong with you. Why go anywhere? Unless you want to go into a home. There are some really nice ones. So I could ask Dolly to recommend some... No, no, no. You are getting tedious, Michael. I believe I have told you my arthritis is painful. Maintenance on the house is difficult. The garden is getting derelict. And I miss Charlie. I'm lonely. And it's not anything a silly old woman with idle chattered like Ida can fix. Or a group of morons knitting tea cozies in homes for the decrepit. Or a sanctimonious preacher whose sermons act as a sleeping pill. I'm lonely for Charlie, my man. And I don't fancy any of the toy boys on the internet. So I'm not hanging around any longer. I've taken matters into my own hands. 
and I will probably be with him very soon. You've taken matters... What? When? I... I do not understand what it... How soon will you be with him, Mrs. Bradley? Um, let's see. What's the time? Oh, about 20 minutes. In fact, it really is about time you left, Michael. I have a number of things I need to do, and already I'm feeling a little drowsy. Drowsy? What? Oh, Mrs. B, you didn't... What What have you done? Oh, my God, you did. What? When? I... Oh, the tea. The milk and the... I have to go. Then I... don't forget the photo albums, dear. And will you post these letters for me? Lots of last-minute details. And more on my writing desk in the folder. Now, I won't give you a key, just in case you are naughty and come back too soon. I don't want you to get any silly ideas about interfering, dear. It would be most unkind. After all, I, I would have to stand trial for Ida's death. Who knows why the silly old coot insisted on internment rather than cremation. And they may even want to dig her up. So tiresome and very unkind for me. After all, I would have to stand trial for her death. And maybe also for that dreadful sister Ratchet. I would probably have to go to jail. And what with my arthritis, it would be unbearably cruel. You don't wish to be hurtful, do you, dear? No, of course I wouldn't want to hurt you, but... And I believe first-time offenders become sex slaves to the old lag inmates. Though for the life of me, I don't know how that works. But to be honest, that's a little bit of information I don't mind passing by. All this time, Mrs Bradley has been ushering Michael to the door. And another thing, Michael, just in case you are thinking of using your mobile phone right now, you'd have to explain what your fingerprints, fingerprints. were doing on the tea things. I learned about that watching the Agatha Christie Miss Marple show on TV. Did you notice I kept my gloves on? Gloves? Especially as I have left you as sole inheritor of the house what? and effects. Sole inheritor? Incriminating evidence, I believe they call it. I'm sure it would look very suspicious. You'd have such a bothersome time trying to explain things, wouldn't you? Goodbye, Michael, and take care. There are some very nasty people about these days. Michael stands bewildered and in shock as Mrs Bradley slams the door with a bang behind him. He's obviously in a dilemma, which leaves us wondering, what would you do? Listening to Tea with Mrs. Bradley, written by Brianda Cross and dramatized by Brianda Cross and Michael Vilkins.